I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Samuel chapters 22 and 23, along with Psalm 57. In 2 Samuel 22, David writes a song. Verse 1, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Next, uh, David recounts God's deliverance, beginning in verse 5. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled, the foundations of heaven moved and shook, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub, and did fly. And he was seen upon the wings of the wind, and he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared, the foundations of the world were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me, because he delighted in me. Then David, beginning in verse 21, explains why God delivered him. Verse 21. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him, and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight." With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but mine eyes are upon the haughty. 
that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. David writes some more about the victory, beginning in verse 32. For who is God, save the Lord, and who is a rock, save our God? God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them, and turned not again until I have consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street, and did spread them abroad. Thou also hast delivered me from the strivings of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen. A people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. And then finally in this song, in verses 50 and 51, David's praise goes to God. Verse 50, Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is the tower of my salvation for his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, unto David, and to his seed forevermore. This song is so good that we, we actually get it twice here and again in Psalm 18. It's a song of deliverance, and David doesn't pull any punches here. After the deaths of Saul and Absalom, along with everyone in between, David has ample precedent to make the bold statements about God's provision in this psalm. And why does David feel that God is on his side? Well, look at Second Samuel chapter 22, what we just looked at, verses 24 and 25. Here's what he says. I was also upright before him, and have kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. David felt it was because of his cleanness before God. It's amusing to me how politically incorrect, even in fundamental Christian circles, David's proclamations in this psalm are. Consider the wrath that would be incurred from fellow believers were one to make statements like these regarding those who have wronged them in today's society. Now, regarding uh, David's fellowship and position before God, 
Notice what he said in verse 18. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. In verse 20, he says, He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Verse 21, The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. Verse 22, For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. 23, For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. Verse 24, I was also upright before him and have kept myself from mine iniquity. And verse 25, Therefore the Lord hath recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. Now, you know, uh, let's face it, if you were to make these statements about yourself, you'd gain a lot of criticism from fellow Christians. Yet David had a relationship with the Lord that was so secure that he felt comfortable making these very statements. Now look what David says regarding the treatment of his enemies. Verse 38, I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them, and turned not again until I had consumed them. Verse 39, And I have consumed them and wounded them, that they could not arise, yea, they are fallen under my feet. In verse 41 he says, Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. Wow. And verse 43, Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street, and did spread them abroad. Wow, again. I mean, David pours it on right here, doesn't he? And finally, in verse 48, It is God that avengeth me, and that bringeth down the people under me. Now, let me just say, Where is David's modesty here? I mean, who of us hasn't really thought like David in this psalm when the world seemed to be closing in on us? Keep in mind, included in David's enemies here are two people he loved dearly, Saul and Absalom. Who of David's contemporaries would have ever dreamed that David would one day die of old age instead of dying in battle? I mean, what are the chances? Yet God did indeed deliver David, and David knew it. Moreover, he openly expresses here that it was God who had favor upon him. This is a great example of a godly man's confidence in his position before God. And then David has some last words in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. Verse 1. Now these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning." When the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow." But the sons of Belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place.
Verse 1 here says, now these be the last words of David. David attests to verbal inspiration here in verse 2 when he says, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The King James term sons of Belial found in verse 6, that's a general term used in the Old Testament to describe worthless individuals. Those are people who are depraved in their conduct and attitude toward God. One might get the impression in the King James Version that it's a proper name of a god, but it's not. Notice David's declaration in verse 5 regarding God's covenant with him. He hath made with me an everlasting covenant. That's the covenant of 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. And it's unconditional in addition to being eternal in scope. This is the same covenant under which Jesus came as the promised Messiah. If you'd like to know more about that then look at the article entitled The Davidic Covenant in the topic section of BibleTrack.org. These be the names of the mighty men whom David had, the Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adano, the Esnite. He lift up his spear against eight hundred, whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave into the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop, there was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time into the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Raphaim. And David was then in an hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And the three mighty men brake through the host of the Philistines, drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief among three, and he lifted up his spear against three hundred and slew them, and had the name among three. Was he not most honorable of three? Therefore he was their captain, howbeit he attained not unto the first three. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzael, who had done many acts, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. He went down also and slew a lion in the midst of a pit in time of snow. And he slew an Egyptian, a goodly man, and the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a staff and plucked the beard out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. These things did Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and had the name among three mighty men." He was more honorable than the thirty, but he attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. Asahel, the brother of Joab, was one of the thirty. Elhanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem, 
Shema, the Herodite, Elika, the Herodite, Helez, the Palatite, Ira, the son of Ikesh, the Tekoite, Abiazer, the Anathothite, Mebani, the Hushathite, Zalman, the Ahahite, Meharai, the Netophathite, Helib, the son of Baanam, a Netophathite, Ittai, the son of Ribai, of Gibeah, of the children of Benjamin, Benaiah, the Parathonite, Hedai, of the brooks of Gaash, Abi Alban, the Arbathite, Asmaveth, the Bahamite, Eliabah, the Shaalbanite, of the sons of Jason, Jonathan, Shammah, the Hararite, Ahiam, the son of Sherer, the Hararite, Elephlet, the son of Ahaspi, the son of the Maakathite, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite, Herzai, the Carmelite, Paarai, the Arbite, Igal, the son of Nathan of Zobah, Bani, the Gadite, Zelik, the Ammonite, Neharai, the Berethite, armor-bearer to Joab, the son of Zerahiah, Ira, an Ithrite, Garib, an Ithrite, Uriah the Hittite, thirty and seven in all. Well, David lists their accomplishments, many of whom we read about in the Samuels, First and Second Samuel. He even tops it off at the end by giving special recognition to Uriah the Hittite. Hmm, wonder where we heard that name before. That's right, that was Bathsheba's first husband. When you read about Uriah in Second Samuel chapter 11, you must admit that this was a great fighting warrior for Israel. We also find David's list of men, again, featured in First Chronicles chapter 11, verses 10 through 46. Do you see a name missing in this list? While Joab is mentioned in verses 18, 24, and 37, it's only to provide context with regard to his relatives and his associations. He does not make the list of the great men of battle. As a matter of fact, David directs Solomon to have him executed after he's gone in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Joab rescued David over and over again from his enemies, but David resented Joab. David did not like Joab's tactics. What's more, Joab was responsible for the execution of David's son Absalom back in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 18. Psalm 57, David is writing from a cave. The subtitle to this one says, To the chief musician, Altusketh, victim of David, when he fled from Saul in the cave. Verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God most high, and to God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth." They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me, into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves, Selah. 
My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will wake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great into the heavens, and thy truth into the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. According to this introduction, the subtitle here, David is writing this psalm after the occasion of his experience in Goth, either in 1 Samuel chapter 22 or 1 Samuel chapter 24. In both instances, we find David taking refuge in caves from the wrath of Saul. Here David proclaims that while it looks bad right now, God will deliver him. He praises God for that. Incidentally, verses 7 through 11 here comprise Psalm 108 verses 1 through 5. As a matter of fact, Psalm 108, 6 through 13 is comprised of Psalm 60, verses 5 through 12. If you'd like to see a comparison of these three psalms, then go to the reading on July the 11th, the one where we look at Psalm 108, and there I provide a table that compares these three psalms together. In the introduction to this psalm, you'll find a couple of words that may need some explanation. So here's some definitions taken from Eastern's Bible Dictionary. Altaskith means destroy not. The title is found in Psalm 57, 58, 59, and 75. It was probably the name of some song to the melody of which these psalms were to be chanted. Mictum means writing as in a poem or song found in the titles of Psalm 16 and then 56 through 60. Some translate the word golden, or as in precious. It is rendered in the Septuagint by a word meaning tablet inscription or stelograph. The root of the word means to stamp or grave, and hence it is regarded as denoting a composition so precious as to be worthy to be engraven on a durable tablet for preservation, or as others render, a psalm precious as stamped gold from the word Ketham, fine or stamped gold. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walter. 